But when you read tomorrow's gossip columns, you might begin to wonder. I can see it now, I said. Who is that auburn-haired beauty who whisked in from the coast and stole NBC correspondent Jake Tyler right out from under the long arm of the law? Prosecutor Alexandra Cooper has a warrant out for her arrest, and also for the return of the terrifically sexy and backless navy blue sequined dress that this interloper slipped out of Alexandra's closet. That's what I'm likely to see in the tabs? Well, I figured you loaned me the guy for the evening, Nina said. How sore could you be about the sexy backless gown? Nina had arrived in New York a day earlier. She was a partner in a major L.A. law firm that packaged large entertainment projects for screen and television movies. Tonight's event was staged to announce a historic occasion. The Metropolitan Museum of Art and the American Museum of Natural History would hold the first cooperative exhibition in their histories. Nina's California client, Uniquest Productions, had successfully bid on all the media marketing rights to the new project. A modern bestiary, as the show had been titled, would feature all the fantastic animals of the world, as represented in both collections, from hieroglyphics, tapestries, and paintings, to mounted specimens and stuffed mammals. Nina steered me toward a short, dark-haired man with too much facial hair and a collarless tuck shirt. Quentin Vallejo, I'd like you to meet Alexandra Cooper. She's, I know, I know, the best friend. Quentin did the up-and-down thing. My 5'10 frame towered over him, so his eyes just focused at the level of my breasts and worked their way south to my knees before lifting back up to meet my glance. The sex crimes prosecutor. We ought to have a chat sometime, just the two of us. Quentin turned to exchange his empty wine glass for a full one, and I gave him a nod as I walked away. Nina blew him a kiss and steered me to the gateway to the Temple of Dender, pointing to a tall, dark-haired man. Do you know Pierre Thibodeau? Only by reputation. Thibodeau had replaced Philippe de Montebello as director of the Met less than two years ago. Alex, he's brilliant, mercurial, handsome. This show is his baby. You've got to meet him. I hate to dampen your enthusiasm, Nina. I've just been around too much death today, not to wonder why we find it appropriate to organize our festivities in and around the tombs of all these ancient cultures. Wouldn't people find it offensive to have the next cocktail party at Arlington Cemetery? Sorry they're not serving scotch tonight, Alex. Take it easy, will you? Hey, who's the old dame hanging on to Jake? A silver-haired woman with lots of dangling sapphires, earlobes, wrists, fingers, had grasped Jake by the arm and was bending his ear about something. Jake spotted us, disengaged himself, and made his way over. I kissed Jake's cheek, which was already covered with the shapes of pursed lips and a variety of colors. I don't mind that you're in loco husband for Nina, but who's the rest of my competition? That last woman? Just one of the trustees. Didn't catch her name. Gushing about how exciting the joint show is going to be. Uh, here comes Thibodeau. The director walked straight toward us, smoothing his jacket with one hand and his hair with the other. Nina, do you know where Quentin is? I'll find him for you. Pierre, I'd like you to meet my enchanté. He greeted us tersely, breaking away to look for the producer, Nina in tow. 
Soon as we tear her loose, think you treat your two dates to burgers at twenty-one? My chariot awaits you, madam. Nina, Quentin, and Pierre had their heads together at the top of the stairs. The director did a double-take over his shoulder as Quentin pointed down at me. Nina was shaking her head in the negative. You're right, pal, I thought. Whatever it is, keep me out of it. But Pierre Thibodeau ignored Nina. Miss Cooper, may I have a moment with you alone? Thibodeau led me between the two pillars of the Temple of Dender. You're a bureau chief in the Manhattan District Attorney's office. I need your help in dealing with the police tonight. Here, at the museum? No, actually in a freight yard. There's a shipment of exhibits going abroad, stored in containers for transit. It's a very routine occurrence for us. I doubt there's anything that I can help you with. If you've got a problem with customs, I said, as Thibodeau continued to speak over my objection. What doesn't usually happen is that one of the ancient sarcophagi was opened for inspection a few hours ago. There was supposed to be a mummified princess in the coffin, Miss Cooper. Twelfth dynasty, Middle Kingdom, a couple of thousand years old and quite valuable. Instead, there's a corpse inside. Someone has substituted a body, I'm afraid. A few centuries younger than my princess, no doubt, but just as dead. Rust-colored steel containers, each the size of a boxcar on a freight train, were stacked by the dozens and lined up in rows for acre after acre in the dark shipyard. Pierre Thibodeau's limousine was stopped at the gate by a night watchman, who flashed his beam at the two of us in the back seat. Thibodeau's French accent was lost on the weary sentry, so I held up my gold and blue badge. I'm Alexander Cooper, District Attorney's Office. There are some detectives inside the yard who are waiting for us. I checked the note on which I had scribbled down the location Mike Chapman had given to me when I called him from my cell phone fifteen minutes earlier. They're in front of lot G-8. Which way is that? The watchman pointed his finger. Go to your left, couple of hundred yards. Can't miss them. The freight yard happened to be across the river from Manhattan in Newark, New Jersey. That fact hadn't put Chapman off in the least. The Port Authority of New York and New Jersey had control of the property, so he figured it was worth his time to explore the situation. The Lincoln Town Car came to a stop against the rear of a tractor-trailer truck. Thibodeau was out of the car before the driver shut the engine off. I saw Mike approach and introduce himself to the director on his way over to help me out of the car. Lon Chaney coming too, or can we get right to work? He took my hand and I climbed out onto the graveled roadway, grateful that I was wearing a black satin pantsuit. Who's the frog? New director of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. He got the call about this in the middle of a reception. It took a while to make him understand that reporting the fact was not optional. He's hoping this is a story that won't have legs. Cleopatra taking the big sleep in Port Newark? Uh, probably worth only eight or nine days of tabloid headlines. Who's here besides you and Lenny? The two suits are museum flunkies. The two square badges are security for the shipyard. It's their dog that sniffed out the stiff. Square badges was police slang for civilian guards hired by private businesses. Where is she? Mike pumped his thumb at the truck. Resting comfortably in the care of Tri-State Transit. Never unloaded. Nope. 
Routine is, they don't haul the goods off the truck until after security has the dogs smell around them. Only call in the cops when they got a crime. I think I'm getting mixed signals here, I said. Thibodeau believes there's a corpse in the sarcophagus that doesn't belong there. Isn't there a crime in this? Lucky Pierre might be right, but the mopes that found Cleo have seen too many mummy movies. Curse of the Pharaohs and all that crap. They cracked open the crate, but then the lid was so heavy they could barely move it. One guy sees a head sticking through some dangling pieces of linen. So they never bothered to call the Jersey authorities? They're afraid to open the box up again. Think they're doomed to the fate of Lord Carnivon if it turns out to be an actual mummy and they disturb it. They called the museum and got switched over to the curator in charge of Egyptian art. He's the tall, bald guy talking to your buddy Pierre. The Renicops told him that if he wants to know what made the dog howl, he'd better get his own ass out here and have a look inside. Pierre Thibodeau took some papers from the shipping manager and walked back over to us. I don't understand how this could have happened, Detective Chapman. We've got a state-of-the-art security system at the Met. There's no question that this mother load left the Met early today. The director handed Mike the shipping receipt, which was stamped with today's date. How do you inventory the contents of the shipment? An age-old system, Detective Chapman. We've got more than two million objects at the Met, and the moment one arrives, it's assigned a number. An accession number. The very first work of art to enter the Met's collection back in 1870 was a coffin. The Garland Sarcophagus. Item number 70.1. The first gift acquired in 1870, the year we were founded. After 1970, all four digits of the year were used, followed by the order in which the piece came into the collection. Mike walked to the truck's ramp. Lenny Dove, who was assigned to the same squad as Mike at Manhattan North Homicide, was squatting beside the packing box. You see any markings on that crate, Lenny? Got a label for you. Says 1983.752, limestone sarcophagus. Come on, Blondie. Alley-oop. Better leave those spikes in the car. He handed me the proper cover for my clothes, hands, and feet. The truck's well was pitch black and airless. Mike and Lenny positioned themselves on either side of the sarcophagus. Stand back, Coop. It's not going to be pretty. On the count of three, the two men attempted to lift the stone lid from its base. They couldn't move it more than an inch before dropping the weighty piece back in place but the brief exposure had released a powerful odor. Not the hideous stench of putrefaction I had expected. There was the sickly sweetness of heavy perfume, laced with a bitter, pungent smell that kicked its way out of the coffin and into our dark, crowded space. I gagged on the thick combination that filled the truck's hot confines. Slide it, Lenny, just lift and slide. This time, they hoisted the lid just high enough to clear the lip of the coffin and eased it back six or seven inches. Mike picked up the flashlight, looked in, and I started toward him. Hold it right there, Coop. Close it up, Lenny. As I stepped away, I saw him drop to his knees and move the flashlight slowly across the lower sides of the casket. I had my nose and mouth covered with both hands, fighting the urge to be sick. I joined Thibodeau and waited for Mike and Lenny to tell us what they had found. You okay, Blondie? You look like a beached tuna gasping for breath. I hadn't realized that I was ferociously gulping in the clean night air to rid my lungs of the foul smell. What could you see? There's a body, no question about it. 
and somebody tried to wrap her in linen cloth to give it the semblance of a mummy. Her, are you sure it's a woman? It's just a good guess at this point. Hair a little longer than yours, Mike said as I instinctively reached for mine, hanging limply against the nape of my neck. A bit darker in color, with a shiny silver barrette, small physique and thin. That's all I can give you tonight. Mike poked the small of my back to move me away from Thibodeau. We left the director talking to Lenny Dove, who was making arrangements to see him the following afternoon. Where was she being shipped to? I asked. Sweltering summer cruise to the Cairo Museum. Cleo would have been like soup by the time she got to Egypt. What do you want to do? There's only one place to go with this, and the oxymoronic nickname Garden State doesn't figure in my plans. You want to take the body back to our medical examiner's office, right? I asked. No better place. You worried about a little legal technicality like jurisdiction? Mike beamed his best grin at me. I'm the beauty of this operation. You're the brains. Figure out how to get us there, Blondie. Ignore the fact that we're standing in the middle of a shipyard in Newark, New Jersey. Battaglia always says he's got global jurisdiction. The district attorney, Paul Battaglia, was a genius at capturing cases well beyond the borders of New York County. He liked creative lawyering. I retrieved my cell phone from the car and dialed my secretary's number, leaving her a message for the morning. Hey, Laura, it's Alex. Would you Xerox a few copies of the criminal procedure law on geographical jurisdiction? I'll need to have one set ready for Battaglia and me, and another set for McKinney. Cleo was never actually in the state of Jersey, right? Never left the back of the truck, never made landfall, Mike said. And we don't know how long our victim has been dead, do we? I asked. Well, I could make an educated... Right now, Mike, I'm still operating in good faith that she may have died on 10th Avenue. By the time a forensic pathologist states an accurate time of death, I'll be more likely to know exactly where she was when she was killed, which may not be something I want to hear this very minute. Okay, Blondie. I'm ready to tell the truck driver to rev up his engines. You got the balls to do this? Mike, I'm about to hijack my first corpse. When I slipped my key in the apartment door lock, it was almost 2 a.m. I had to be at my desk before 8, ready to meet with a detective who needed help with a complaining witness whose story about a sexual assault did not make sense. I showered and washed my hair, then toweled it dry as I carried a doers into the bedroom. The alarm was already set for 6.30, so I settled onto the bed.